Hey, hey. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Hey, hey, we're back. The Enlightened Comic Podcast. Brian Scott McFadden here. And uh, another exciting episode. Another exciting episode. And what's going on? Well, uh... Let's uh, today, uh, Bill Burr, SNL. What do you What do you think? What do you think? What do we think? A, a lot of people think a lot of things about it. <laughs> uh, see, people seem incredibly uh, uh, opinionated about this, and uh, it's a fascinating thing being a stand-up comic um, and uh, having to hear from all sides barrages of opinion about uh, the art form and uh, whether something's funny or not. Always always an, a, an intriguing and fascinating topic fill, filled with uh, fascinating contradictions and uh, impassioned perspectives and vitriolic arguments uh, on, all, on all sides. Um, and uh, first of all, uh, weighing in on this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very cognizant. I just want to say this dopey disclaimer that everyone you know nowadays seems to have to do about recognizing um, that, uh, and I, I don't say this for myself. I say this for other people that will immediately dismiss anything I have to say on this topic simply because, as a, you know, I'm a white guy, right? <laughs> and and so I'm, I'm just, which is really weird to me because I've always just thought that wisdom can come from anywhere in any place. I've always had that perspective, but I guess that is no longer the zeitgeist. That's no longer the accepted wisdom of our of our collected culture. That um, I'm not sure why that would disqualify anybody's uh, insight about anything. You know, I. I I, I believe wisdom can come from anywhere. I find it to be a, a very unenlightened perspective, and the name of the show is The Enlightened Comic. I'm not deluding myself that I don't have biases by my own upbringing or the way I was raised or where I was from or what my race and gender is. You know, I'm not I'm not that dumb. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and but to say that you can't relate to anything that another person goes through. Um, which is a contradiction on the whole idea of art and, and acting that you were able to embody uh, other characters because you were able to find and illuminate what was common in the human experience. That's what all myth and art is about, is about I may not have that experience, but at our granular level, at our most cellular level, we are all connected and we all share a, a common ancestry and a common bond as, uh, as spiritual beings, as members of the human community, no matter where we're from, whether even in whatever gender or, or race, or that, that it is what's common within us that makes all art accessible and makes us uh, connected. Imagine, you know, I'm not going to break it. It sounds like I'm going to break to break into a John Lennon song, but I've always thought that was the point. And despite our uh, divides and despite all of our differences, uh, which, which, which exist, uh, on an outward level, which you can't ignore, on a, on a deeper level, um, we I, th I thought I always thought that the idea was to recognize our place as uh, as connected beings and as part of a universal wholeness and oneness. Uh, do I do I know do I know what it's like to be a, a minority or a, a woman uh, growing up in America? Not precisely that. It would be arrogant for me to make that uh, bold statement that I know precisely. Uh, everything that that experience entails but that does not preclude me from being able to as we often call people nowadays uh to find and put yourself in someone else's shoes to have empathy uh to be able to recognize another person's struggle 
and to find something within yourself that relates to uh, that similar dynamic, if there is one, which there usually is something akin that you can, that's, otherwise we wouldn't be able to have empathy. <laughs> Everybody talks about how important empathy is, empathy, empathy, and then when someone presumes to uh, do anything other than have absolute uh, total reverence for another person's experience, we tend to blanch and, and recoil in horror. Meaning that if you make a joke about someone, uh, that doesn't always mean uh, mockery. It doesn't always mean uh, a, there's a darkness there. Uh, humor is, is, is multifaceted and, and complicated. And, it, and whenever anyone makes a joke about anything, people tend to just suddenly freak out. Like, like they immediately associate it with mockery because there is uh, a history of that being used as a weapon. And many of us grew up where in, a, in traumatic, abusive household environments where as a children we might have been teased or mocked by our parents, uh, insensitive parents or bullies or wherever. So there's an association with uh, an immediate association that anything having to do with a joke made it in anyone's direction immediately has a negative connotation. And we know that's not true because you see roasts and 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 we all know when when someone is busting on us, there's there's a a, a, a loving energy coming from that as well, that allows them to, uh, <laughs> to take you down a notch or uh, express their affection for you in uh, in a humorous way uh, with uh, some ribbing, and and that and that can be a beautiful thing. Now that 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 operates under also many assumptions that that do recognize. Uh, that other people have struggles and and that aren't exactly um, identical to yours. And that's what sensitivity comes from as a human being, uh, to maintain a level of sensitivity and just, just don't be a jerk about it. And I know people will say, well, that's what he was doing was being a jerk. And But that's an interpretation and saying, well, that's your opinion. Other people laughed at it. And, and being sensitive to another person's experience, and especially when it comes to humor, is a very, very intriguing area. I used to work as a, I was a camp counselor once. Yes, I had other jobs. <laughs> no, what was I doing? Who? I don't know what the hiring process was and what mistake they made in hiring me. But uh, I mean, I was a teenager, and uh, there was a kid in a wheelchair who was a, uh, who was a, who attended the camp, and uh, I, I, I immediately uh, would say things, and I said to him things like, I would say to him, "What are you, what are you doing? Are you still in the chair? Are you?" I, you know, I'm not buying this whole, you know, wheelchair thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Really? I, I don't know. You know what I got to say? I think this is a whole scam, this wheelchair thing. Come on. Let's, let's run a marathon. Come on. Right now. Right now. And everybody would, was, like, shocked at that. Right? right? People were like, whoa. And he loved me. Like, that kid, like, I just, he just, we, we hit it off great and, and, and right away because I didn't treat him like this Fabergé egg. I treat him like a person, and I, I called out this aspect of it and wasn't going to make it a, a thing that we didn't talk about. And that kid just laughed harder than anybody, and uh, we had a great time during that time when I was there. And, and that's, 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 that's what I'm talking about, the power of humor. And, and for me, that's the power of humor, uh, that little episode illustrates something about humor that people on the outside often go oh don't say that or that person or that group that person can't handle that or uh, that's wrong and then oftentimes the people who are the subject of the joke are, are, are less offended by it than the people who are watching from the outside passing judgment on your approach it's always in the spirit of where you're coming from that's really important and something is often forgotten what's the spirit 
by which the joke is. You can some two people can say the exact same thing, and uh, one person it comes off as very very arrogant or very very abusive or very very uh, mean spirited. And and the thing is, I don't know why. It's if you look at it on paper, another comedian doing what Billy Burr does, you would go oh. And for some reason, there's an energy that he has. And we all know this. And you have to recognize this as, as artists. Two people can draw a tree, and one moves you and one doesn't. And one leaves you cold and one doesn't. And one pa- paints a, scene, you know, a, bar, a, 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 a scene uh, of a woman sitting in a cafe, and it doesn't do anything for you. And then, it's, then you see something with Edward Hopper or something, and it's very beautiful and moving in, in a way that you can't put your finger on. So that's what art is. It's, it's ephemeral, it's indefinable, and it's uh, strange. And so Billy uh, went on the SNL and uh, uh, stirred up a, a little bit of, uh, I guess, controversy, um, uh, only on like in the internet, which is really not a, a proper representation of what America really feels about anything. It's just people, uh, oh, look, something happened, there's a, a, a pandemic around, I must weigh in, you know, <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone just has to say what they feel. That's what it, the Internet has just offered a, a giant bullhorn for everyone on the planet to express their every thought about every issue and every event. And everyone just goes, I felt this way and I about this. So there and this is that way. And I just don't think that this is good. Thank you. It, there was a time when, when pre-internet where uh, people just had thoughts about things and they did not consider them worthy of publication. Uh, <laughs> but the internet has changed all of that. And so now, because we are have this amazing publishing platform, which is what the internet really is, it's a publishing platform for um, all of us, no matter how obscure you are, for every nobody and non-entity anywhere. And yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not putting people down. I'm simply saying that everyone... Uh, just because uh, your thoughts are are, are broadcastable and publishable, uh, thanks to technology, uh, doesn't inc- inc- doesn't imbue in them any particular value. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, so that, that's, that said, so people say that's not funny. And it's like, all right, well, okay, thank you for chiming in. Maybe it wasn't for you. I'm sure there's somebody somewhere doing something that you find amusing. Thanks for stopping by. As, as a comedian, uh, we're used to people saying, you know, uh, that it, well, that wasn't funny, you know, and that's an amazing statement to make if you think about it in any art form, you know, it's like comedy always has to suffer that. We have the ignominious uh, task because comedy, uh, unfortunately, is that one art form that everyone thinks they kind of are kind of funny or at least know what funny is. Uh, very few people, and I, I'm saying this generally, not everyone says they can do stand-up, but everyone sort of claims that they they have a sense of humor. Most people do not have the self-awareness who don't have a sense of humor to go, yeah, I don't have a good sense of humor. <laughs> everyone will say that they have a good sense of humor, and, and, a lot, and some people just don't. We all know those people. Um, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong. But, but comedy is such a... a such a, a common human trait, humor, and, and and from an early age, making children laugh and babies laughing and seeing that thing, the laughter and, and thinking something's funny um, is a way to communicate. And so we all have this. I, I think everyone has an understanding of, of, of humor on some level, but um, whether how deep that goes uh, and what your particular uh, prejudices are in terms of what you find funny don't necessarily uh, uh, adhere or don't necessarily apply to everyone. So 
um, that uh, that said, uh, humor, uh, like, like I was saying about about everyone thinks they're funny, everyone thinks they know something. Nobody, not everyone thinks they can play the piano. You can go see a guy kicking ass on the piano, and no one's gonna go. Uh, you know, I don't play the piano, but I don't think that guy's good. <laughs> And people will, of course, but it's it's hard, far harder to make that case. But you'll the people will go see a comedian who have no comedic skill set whatsoever, no understanding of the art form, other than just in sitting and enjoying it, and will openly uh, tell you uh, what their artistic thoughts are on it. And it's an ironic uh, uh, set of affairs. You won't go to an art. I could do better on that painting than that. You nobody goes to the Edward Hopper thing and go, you know, I'm not impressed with that unless you're a fellow painter. But people are, eh, he doesn't do anything for me. You can say, oh, I don't like his stuff or it doesn't speak to me. That's fine, you know. But people will go way farther than that when it comes to comedy. They'll just go, that wasn't funny. <laughs> it's like the worst thing you can say to like a comedian. Like, Not that we take everyone in. We're not. But but that is like that is just a blanket indictment, like a blanket indictment of, of a particular joke or a comedy, a comedian's act. It's just silly. Uh, to say that you can go, ah, I just didn't speak to me. There's certain comedians that are very successful that don't make me laugh. Uh, there's other ones, you know, like Brian Regan, who make like pretty much everyone laugh. I think Brian Regan is so brilliantly funny and just kills me every time I see him. But I'm sure there's somebody out there that goes, eh, I don't get it. <laughs> okay, whatever, you know. Uh, some people didn't like the Seinfeld show. You know, I thought it was brilliant. I think Jerry's great. You know, it's like. Uh, but uh, there's comics that I think are hilarious that other people don't. And some people go, Gilbert Gottfried, I don't think he's funny. And I'm just, I think he's brilliant and hilarious. And Norm MacDonald and 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 Louie. And, and, and I, I can't believe people don't like, you know, certain people. Like anyone that goes, I, I don't get Richard Pryor. <laughs> like I've heard people like, this, you know, say oh, Bill Hicks is overrated or he wasn't funny or something like that. And I, it, it always universally comes from someone who's, completely unfamiliar with Bill Hicks's work other than in a cursory shallow uh I, I saw I uh, heard a few jokes or I saw one of his specials or something where they where they talk about I oh, just screamed on stage which is real really are you you you're that unfamiliar with uh Bill's writing that you uh that you can make that statement so but anyway uh so enough about that let's get into Bill's set uh shall we because if you look at the set which we'll do now. If you really look at the set, there are aspects of that that are kind of tricky because uh, you, people from the outside just make these weird assumptions. Like if you look at one of the jokes I heard somebody get mad about was uh, the, the Rick Moranis joke, which, which if you really watch that joke, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a wry take on, on the fact that New York City is back <laughs> uh, and making fun of the, uh, the, the, the violent history that people often associate New York City with. And so Billy uh, was saying that, uh, uh, speaking of a dream come true, which he used as a segue from an earlier piece, it's a dream come true. Speaking of uh, dreams uh, coming true, uh, did you hear somebody cold cocked uh, Rick Moranis? Right <laughs> Now, I don't think any sentient being thinks for five seconds that uh, Billy Burr was celebrating uh, Rick Moranis uh, getting punched. Uh, it's obvious as a, as a comedic craftsman looking at that. Um, and, and as a lot of people probably did because it got a huge laugh, uh, <laughs> was taking a dark situation and using it uh, in a wry uh, way, which which that is a classic uh, comedic uh, approach to finding something uh, 
uh, good in something awful. <laughs> and even the, the good thing that you find is, 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 is bad as well. That's what made that uh, multi-tiered funny. Uh, and uh, I know a lot of people were like, that was mean what he said about Rick Moranis and uh, didn't think it was funny on any level. But I will bet you uh, there's one person who uh, did think it was funny. And you know who that was? Yes, you guessed it. Rick Moranis. Uh, I don't think I think from his hospital bed somewhere, if Rick saw that joke, he'd be laughing harder than anybody. That's what I'm talking about. So I don't think you should take it upon yourself to be more offended than the party that was. I don't think Rick Moranis saw that and go, that's wrong what you said about me. I think Rick Moranis is a funny guy and uh, a comic actor. And uh, I think he would have, have, have seen uh, uh, something in what Billy was doing that was uh, not mean-spirited in, in, in at all. Once again, we run into one of the misunderstandings about the comedic art form is that uh, it, it, the distance between the artist and the art is, uh, there's probably the least amount of distance of any of the art forms because when you write a novel, uh, nobody what, reads someone's novel and then immediately attacks them for it. If there's brutality in the uh, in the Game of Thrones uh, books, uh, nobody gets mad at uh, George Martin for the uh, stuff in the, oh, that's disgusting what you wrote. <laughs> Incest and, 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 uh, and violence, people get mad at, uh, but, but if a comedian says something, if an actor plays a uh, nihilistic, sadistic, you know, misogynistic character, uh, we give him an Oscar for the Joker, you know, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, but uh, if, uh, if Billy Burr makes a joke, we assume, oh, that's he thinks that he's making a joke about that. He, it, it's not a joke. He really means that. It's a very interesting thing about a stand-up uh, in that way. We see them more as uh, public speakers than artists or performers. But that's that completely ignores the what the point of comedy is because everyone has dark thoughts, and when somebody says it, it lets the air out of that and allows people to go. Oh, maybe I'm not crazy maybe i'm not alone maybe um jonathan swift uh, wrote a modest proposal where he uh <laughs> which was obviously satire where he proposed uh where he proposed a, a baby eating i'm sure some people were offended by it but uh the vast majority of people understood that it was a satire and he was making a commentary on uh, the plight of the poor uh, forced to eat their children or something if, if, you, if you take jokes seriously, there would be no humor at all. Like Henny Youngman said, one of his lines was, uh, take my wife, please. And I don't, and, and nowadays, I, I guess people would go, that's endorsing sex trafficking, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what he was doing. Because certain people say there are rules that people impose on comedy. Like, you're not supposed to punch down, uh, which I, I never really understood that. My view has always been that uh, people who tell comedians that they shouldn't punch down need to stop looking down on people. Because inherent in that is a, this idea that someone is down. And I know that there's this idea that, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the, the underprivileged and this. The, the, once again, it, there is a, a, a kind of um, condescension in, in the idea that uh, someone, something, some institution, some group is uh, cannot either handle humor, is, uh, should not be uh, poked fun at, uh, be the, the subject of uh, uh, affectionate ribbing or a comedic barb here and there. I, I'm not sure why that, uh, I, I think that that's really dehumanizing uh, to anyone. Uh, as I said earlier about, about uh, my story about the kid in the wheelchair, it just seems to me that um, it depends always on the spirit of the joke, always on the context, always on how it's, uh, how it's framed and, and delivered. It depends on the joke once again. 
And by the way, whatever happened to defending transgressive art? Remember a uh, piss Christ? The, remember, anybody remember that controversy? Like, I don't know, when it was the 80s, 90s, uh, guy had a, a crucifix with a jar of urine and it was attacked by the, the religious right and the conservatives and liberals were like, this is art and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's you can't censor art. And now, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if I, I fell asleep and woke up, but uh, it seems liberals are, liberals are uh, and conservatives have switched places and in, in in some arenas and who wants comfortable art who wants comfortable comedy people i watched that billy burr set and i was like yeah the audience is uncomfortable good all right <laughs> good who wants to i you know what i mean i don't, I don't understand why people uh, it's uncomfortable so i don't like it it's humor i've seen great a comic comics at uh, on stage making the audience really uncomfortable and i was i thought that's uh, that's transcendent you know so uh, that's that's my uh, that's my thought on that. What else? Oh, Billy. Some people were angry because of uh, the. They said that one of the jokes was homophobic about the month, and that wasn't even homophobic at all. Uh, he was talking about uh, Gay Pride Month and and Black History Month. It was funny because both of those jokes, uh, it, it were trotting on on sensitive territory, and he was talking about. Uh, he didn't recognize uh, people. He didn't recognize that it was Gay Pride. He Billy said he, he didn't recognize that it was Gay Pride Month. So somebody told him that, and people were like, "How does he not know that? It's 2020 or whatever." And that was that was the whole joke is that he's he's that dopey that he's not aware of things, uh, and and so it's no big deal. And he said something like uh, that they get the, they get a whole month. That's a lot for people who've never been enslaved, <laughs> which which you never think of uh, gay people as uh, not suffering enslavement. Uh, I just thought that was. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, and I know, I know, gay people have suffered their own kinds of oppression. I'm not making light of that. I'm just simply saying that 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 those are differences and different experiences that people have. And he was comparing the the experience of uh, of gay people in America to the black experience and and making some distinctions. And and people were upset about that. And he was saying that, <laughs> but he was saying the, the truthful thing that was just very funny. The joke was basically, if you boiled it down, it was about it wasn't a racial joke or a homophobic joke. It was a calendar joke. Because it was like, oh, they only get they get February. A Black History Month is February. They only get 28 days. It's freezing out. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Gay Pride Month is uh, is all of June. It's summer. Uh, it's great. You know, it's like more discrimination. Uh, um, another area where uh, black people were screwed <laughs> and got the bad month. You know, and I thought that was I never thought of that as a comedian. I'm watching that going, oh, that's a clever take angle. I, I just watched that going, oh, that's a good angle. I didn't think of that. You know, damn it. And and he was he was talking about, of course, the big controversy thing. I guess was uh, white women and uh, saying it. I guess it was misogynist or something but uh he was he was coming from a a racial perspective and recognizing and and with billy having a a black wife and people were saying well he uh, he married her because uh maybe he can get do that material which which makes q anon uh look uh plausible you know I swear to God, that's 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 the best one. Yeah, Billy planned this year, decades in advance and had two children. If he did do that, kudos, uh, Billy. I've never, that's dedication to your career that I and your art form that I I I didn't I didn't think anyone had that kind of gumption. Uh, but uh, obviously, that's crazy, disrespectful of both his wife, him, their relationship, their kids, their family, everything. And I'm sure there was like a, two people on Twitter. There's always some some idiot on Twitter who says the most horrendous thing and just. Yeah, yeah, I'm 
I'm going to say the awfulest thing ever, and who cares, with five, tw- with five followers. And then people say, some people on Twitter are saying this, and it's always two people uh, with nine followers or something. So that's dumb. And uh, what else? Uh, he was talking about a lot of things. He, was, he said something like, uh, I don't want to speak ill of my bitches here. And people were like, oh, that's so sexist. And I, he was trying to make a joke about my tribe of, 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 of my people, I believe. And, and yes, I know I'm, I'm probably being more forgiving of, of Billy than, than his critics are being. But that's, that's, that's kind of what my take is as a, as a comedian watching another comedian. And I recognize my position as a, as a white male is going to be like, well, of course you would agree with him. And then, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, God, you know, there's been plenty of white male comics who, who did things where I was like, oh, boy, that's not I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but usually they're not funny. Uh, and when something's funny, you forgive a lot. As they said about uh, Peter O'Toole in, in my, one of my favorite movies, My Favorite Year, they said about Alan Swan, you forgive a lot. And when someone has a, an energy about him, Billy has a, an energy about him that, is, that, uh, that imbues a lot of his stand-up and an energy that, that people don't get offended by some of the things that he says and he gets away with things because he seems to come from a place of authenticity and a loving place. I, I, there, I'll say it, say it again. Uh, Billy, once again, the energy and the jokes that he comes from, there's a wry smile and a recognition of his own stupidity and ineptitude and ignorance that he imbues all of his performances with that um, is, 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 is frankly the reason why he gets away with it. He's, yes, he does have a cocky perspective, but it's also uh, laced with a certain level of recognition of his own folly as a, as a, as a white dopey male. And so that's why it gives an added uh, sheen uh, to his comedy and an added appeal to his comedy that it recognizes, as as many artists do, uh, the folly of the human condition and his part in it. Uh, so that's why I think Billy's um, uh, stand-up and his set uh, were not really as worthy of the of the vitriol that it's getting, as as people are, are basically saying. It was it was shocking for TV. It's not something you see all the time. Some of those perspectives, some of those takes on white women, you don't hear that take uh, <laughs> on SNL uh, very often. Uh, from a stand-up and that style and that uh, uh, kind of approach and that comic monologue approach. But uh, I think that uh, Billy, because of what he does and because of who he is and because of the humor that he does and because he he includes himself and and constantly does make fun of his own dopiness, um, there's a sincerity to that recognition of his own flaws and his own imperfections and own stupidity and own dopiness that uh, makes people take to him and makes people accept uh, humor from him that they wouldn't necessarily take from another comedian. And so when people are just judging the joke, they're not taking into account the energy that goes with the joke. And there's with Billy, there's a certain wryness to what he does and a certain um, uh, joyousness, I will say when he does this comedy that uh, makes what he does uh, it's a different vibe than what another comedian would uh, do and be able to pull off. And that said, uh, so if you don't like uh, Billy, I totally respect that. I, I understand where people were somewhat off-put, but I, I think you have to look deeper at these things. And I think that uh, you'd be able to say you can make fun of a group and, and everyone has that sensitivity to it. You can't make fun of any group. But it's funny because conservatives are always railing against PC culture saying you should be able to make fun of everybody. Everybody's, so, everybody's such a snowflake and everybody's so sensitive. You should be able to make fun of anybody in any group. And all you have to say is, uh, well, how about the military uh, or, or Trump? And all of a sudden, oh, 
wait for the silence to linger there. So everybody has a group that they that they feel is supposed to be revered and not made fun of. And I apologize, I know I'm being repetitive, but uh, once again, as I said, I'm not a big fan of the whole not punching down thing simply because I think that um, it separates us more and it doesn't allow us to recognize um, our oneness uh, in a way that's, uh, that, that comedy can be a beautiful thing to uh, bring people together and recognize our commonalities and our common folly as members of the human race and as victims of the human condition to be able to make fun of ourselves and to laugh at anybody in any way as long as it's funny. Because the thing is, for me, as a comedian, they, I always thought when people would say, that joke's not funny, it's offensive. And I go, well, if it's not funny, that's offensive enough. That's the way I am. If something's not funny and a comedian does it, I'm offended by that. <laughs> and that's the only thing. But if you're doing an offensive joke, but it's funny, then I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll let you pass on that because it's funny. It's also kind of offensive, but I'll, uh, since it's humor, that is what the beautiful thing about comedy is and humor is. And, and some of the darkness of the human condition can be expressed by great comics like Robert Schimmel and, 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 and Richard Pryor who brought light to dark areas of their lives and, and uh, were able to make uh, the darkest and most painful things funny. And, I, and that's, and that's a, a beautiful thing, no matter how awkward or uncomfortable things can be. Great comics like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and Kinnison, uh, you know, were able to, uh, and, and George Carlin, of course, were able to bring this, this incredible insight and, and joyousness to the most dark areas and descriptions of some of the most dark and, and painful areas of our life. And that's what comedy is. And that's what I uh, love about it. So there you go. That's my take on, uh, on the SNL thing. I think we'll wrap it up right there. I'm Brian Scott McFadden. You've been listening to the uh, Enlightened Comic Podcast. Come back again. Share with your friends. All done. Peace out, people.